meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. For just as God has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. But above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you were indeed called to be the one body. And be thankful. This ends Paul's letter to the church in Colossia. And may these words, which once transformed the disciples' hearts, transform ours as well. Well, today is my annual Thanksgiving alphabet sermon. I'll explain a little bit, especially to our musicians, what that is in just a moment. But today, oh, not today, but this year, 2021, also marks the 400th anniversary of the first Harvest Festival. It was in 1621, after the first growing season when the pilgrims had arrived. We really know very little about that first Thanksgiving. Uh, They didn't call it Thanksgiving. We know only what people imagined it was like, having written down about it many, many years later. It probably wasn't exactly the the lovely moment between the indigenous people and, and the pilgrims, as we might imagine, but they did in some way or another come together and celebrate harvest. 400 years ago this year. Well, that makes this being the 24th year I've offered my Thanksgiving alphabet seem rather meager in some respects. But for 24 years, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I have taken a word for which I am grateful and used each of the letters in that word to describe something that I'm thankful for. I don't do it, of course, so that you know what I'm thankful for. I do it as a catalyst, a stimulant to you, so that you might go home and spell the word I'm going to share this year, a word for which I am deeply grateful, and my word is congregation. It's you. So I'll take each of the letters from the word congregation and lift something up. I hope you might go home as an individual, as a family, or with a friend, and spell congregation for yourselves, the things for which you are grateful. And here's how I spell it. In 2021, the 400th year of the first Harvest Thanksgiving meal. And my C stands for something which is in incredibly short supply in our world, and it's compromise. For most of our nation's history, people have have understood that to govern, we have to compromise, that no one gets everything exactly they want. Compromise was never seen for generations as treason, as some call it now. But I am grateful for an incredibly important concept, which means that others' needs, on whatever side of a perspective you have, others' needs are important as well. That is what compromise is all about. Now, my O stands for something that maybe I'd taken it for granted, but the pandemic reminded me how much I love it, and it's the king of instruments. It's the organ, and I'm also grateful for Kathy Christian, who plays it for us, so our or O could stand for organist as well. But it does help us sing in a way that a piano or the outside uh, electronic keyboard can never really do. Of course, the organ in this room just fills the space. But what I love about the organ is that it allows us to have all kinds of sort of feelings come from it. Kathy could play, for instance, a hymn that so many of us know and, and is very tender for many. Kathy? 
I'll bet a lot of you were singing along to yourself, right? But not only does it sort of bring us back and help us sing of our faith, the organ can be, well, it can inspire us to, to new heights. Kathy? Seriously? Seriously? I'm thankful for a congregation that doesn't respond to that. We're going to try to get, you know what? I don't want you to say charge. I want you to inspire me. I want the hand motion, and I want, I want you to say preach, all right? Kathy? Come on one more time. Really, seriously. Excellent. You know, we're going to do that every week going forward. I love that. That's great. But I am grateful for the organ, which really can lift our spirits, help us sing, and most of all, help us praise God in worship. Now, Jens, you're also going to have to be my de facto speller. Sometimes when I have to spell up front, I get lost in the letters. My liturgist, um, Peter, is unable to be with us this morning. So I know I'm at C, O, and the next one is N. That stands for nuts, walnuts, pecans, Brazil nuts. It's more than that to me. It reminds me of my dad. My father would be 100 years old this year. If he were still living, he lived a good long life into his 90s. But my dad, during the holidays from Thanksgiving to Christmas, loved to crack walnuts and Brazil nuts and pecans with his grandchildren. My kids loved to go over to my parents' house, and my dad had that big bowl of nuts, and when they were little, he would crack them for them, and then he would teach them how to do it themselves. But I'm grateful for holiday traditions, like the cracking of walnuts, that remind us of loved ones and those who have helped shape our lives. C-O-N-G, G. Well, you know, a couple weeks ago I preached on what I think is the essential intersection and confluence of both faith and science. I talked about vaccines, I talked about evolution, I talked about all kinds of um, intersections where both the life of faith and science can both be loved and they speak complementary languages. So I'm grateful. My G stands for Galileo, who first understood that. Yes, persecuted by the church for telling us that the sun doesn't revolve around the earth, but that the earth and the other planets revolve in a heliocentric world around the sun. He paid a price for that. But he also said something beautiful about the intersection of science and faith. He said, science will tell us how the heavens go, but it's faith that will help us imagine how we go to heaven. I love that. So I'm grateful for people who are comfortable with the complementary languages of science and faith and art. R. R. I was thinking about this, having watched the documentary again recently. I could have been chosen Jackie Robinson, who actually did the integration of the major leagues in baseball, but I thought of Branch Rickey, who owned the Dodgers and put Jackie Robinson on the field. And the reason I say Branch Rickey is because Rickey was asked years afterwards, he knew that Jackie Robinson endured terrible racism, terrible bigotry from other teams, from fans, even his own teammates. But Branch Rickey withstood a lot of pressure to not integrate baseball as well. And they asked him, why did you finally do it? And he said, you know, I thought someday I will stand before my creator and if God said, why didn't you let that man use his God-given gifts in the world? I would have been ashamed if I hadn't. So I'm grateful 
for anyone who uses God's inspiration to be courageous and make changes for the good in our world and in our society. E. E. I should list, list one book of the Bible. One of the ones I truly love is Ecclesiastes. It literally means the preacher. It's from the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. And I have stood at so many people's gravesides and at the request of their family read words from the third chapter of Ecclesiastes. Words that lift up the rhythm and pattern of our earthly life. And so I'm grateful for ancient wisdom, 2,500 years old, that also turned into one of the great folk songs of the 1960s. But Ecclesiastes, the preacher wrote, for everything there is a season. There's a time to be born and a time to die. Goes on to say there's a time to laugh and a time to weep. There's a time to speak and there's a time for silence. I continue to be grateful for ancient wisdom that still reminds us of the rhythm and pattern of living and dying and laughing and weeping in between. Second G, right? Second G. Oh, you know, I was thinking about this. I was watching a soccer game last week, and I thought, you know what I'm really grateful for? Goalies. I'm really grateful for goalies, hockey, soccer, whatever. Goalies primarily are in sports that are fairly low scoring. But what I'm grateful for is that goalies are, and I'm saying this lovingly, a rather strange breed. They stand alone. Many of their teammates are on the other side of the ice, on the other side of the field, and yet they stand alone. Then the action comes to them. Sometimes there's long stretches where they're not in the action, and then they're called to respond and do their job. And what they reminded me of is John Milton, the the poet and the priest, once wrote that those who stand and wait still serve. So I'm grateful for goalies who are patient, waiting, and yet still serving. Um, A. A stands for something that I think is an important reminder to our nation that you can set your foot one after another in all kinds of cultures and places. A stands for the Appalachian Trail. It's 2,190 miles from Maine down to Georgia, or depending if you're facing the other direction from Georgia to Maine. But you can put a step, your foot, you can walk through all kinds of cultures, communities, rural areas, farms, towns. You can climb the mountains in New Hampshire. You can walk through the red soil of Georgia, but you can put a foot and step in each and every one of those cultures and places. And you know what? I think we have lost sight of what it means to meander our way through the world and through a nation. I think having lost sight of that contributes to the partisan nature in which we live. So I'm grateful for the Appalachian Trail that goes from Georgia to Maine or Maine to Georgia through towns, and farms, and mountains, and plains. It's a great emblem and symbol, metaphor, for our nation. We probably all need to be walking parts of a metaphorical Appalachian Trail all the time. But the next one, the T, um, relates to the Appalachian Trail, which is another unique breed of individual. The T stands for a through-hiker. Anybody ever heard of a through-hiker on the Appalachian Trail? They are someone who has decides to walk 
from Georgia to Maine or Maine to Georgia without leaving the trail. It takes usually five to seven months to do it. They are a very individual breed. There are people who have set the records. The record for the 2,190 miles is 41 days. The guy ran it. He averaged 54 miles a day. But I'm grateful for through hikers because they are a unique breed. And that's saying it really kindly. Because I bumped into a couple of them when we hiked the Appalachian Trail in the White Mountains. And they are people who both love autonomy, love solitude, but also love community. The couple that I've spoken to say, of course, I'm used to walking alone. I love walking alone. I love being communing with nature. On the other hand, sometimes I'm joined for a day or a couple hours, sometimes for a week, by people who walk with me through a section and we sleep into the same, under the same sheds that are located along the trail. We share a meal. They are people who love autonomy and solitude and community. And that's really a sort of a rare breed. One of the ones that we also met, his name was Hoover. I swear, soaking wet, he probably weighed 140 pounds. He was averaging 30 miles a day on the trail. He worked, he helped prepare the meals in the huts in the White Mountains, and he got to sleep on the table for free if he helped work and then move on. They called him Hoover because they swear, they swore that he vacuumed up every piece of food in sight. So, but he's hiking 30 miles a day. But I'm grateful for through hikers and the individualism and community that they embody. So through hikers. Oh, I. I stands for a group of people I'm grateful for because it doesn't come naturally to me. I'm grateful for inventors. People who are willing to think outside the box. And I'm going to be honest with you. I mentioned my father earlier. My father was born in Germany. He was an engineer. If you had said to my dad, Dad, you know, you've got to think outside the box, he'd say, why? Somebody built the box, and it's always worked. Who I think outside of it? I grew up in a family where you didn't color outside the lines. You didn't think outside the box. So I'm grateful for those who do, people who come up with ideas that make life more, more beautiful, more simpler, or easier. I'm grateful for people who think outside the box, but I'm also grateful for artists who are willing to color outside the lines. O is, I think, perfect for this day. Overcast days. I'm actually grateful for those. Of course, I love the sun. I love a beautiful day. But I love a day that's sort of gray. I even love low-hanging clouds. I love when it looks like it's going to snow. And you played that beautiful piece, which is really a harbinger, the snow, right? Didn't you just play that right before I speak? I love that. It gave me a sense of the beauty of overcast days. But that also reminds me of that old English proverb, which says, unless you've experienced the winter, you can never appreciate the spring. And unless some days have been overcast, you can never appreciate the sun. So I'm grateful for those things that remind us of what we truly appreciate. The last end may just sound like a cliche, but it's important to me, and I love and am grateful for nature. I've had the blessing, truly blessing, of having snowshoed in Yellowstone National Park. I've canoed the Boundary Waters, hiked the White Mountains in New Hampshire, and lots of things in between. I love nature. And in many of those places, in the moments of quiet and solitude, I have listened so closely for the voice of God. And the silence 
has been deafening. But it always reminds me of one of my favorite poems from Emily Dickinson. She wrote it entitled, My Period Had Come for Prayer. And she sort of starts out about how prayer is uh, a rote responsibility, quotidian um, list on thing to check off your to-do list. But she writes about she went to pray expecting to be heard and hear. And then she uses the phrase that I've always loved. She said, the silence condescended. I mean, isn't that beautiful? The silence condescended. And then she added, I worshiped, but did not pray. That's how I spell congregation in 2021, because I am truly grateful for all of you. You've always been an incredibly kind, supportive, and grateful congregation to your staff and your clergy. In the last 18 months, you have tripled that gratitude and kindness, and we are all grateful for that. But now I hope you will go home and spell congregation for yourself, for, with a friend, with your family, and count those things for which you are grateful on this, the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving.